Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag NBA. I think every season is, has its own challenges. The mentality for me, you know, hasn't changed, even though we had to lay off. But having this experience right here, you know, it feels like a big old AAU tournament for grown men. So you, you take it and you, you know, you enjoy it, and, and we get to do what we love to do, and that's play the game of basketball and be with our, our teammates and brothers. So it's all good. LeBron James is all in. Lakers thought to have a shot at the title, along with the Clippers and the Bucks, the three favorites. And PK, uh, I think we guessed that, but I guess it's still good to hear LeBron say it. I think we all assumed he was going to be all in, and he's all in. Yeah, why wouldn't he be all in? I mean, he's a guy who's playing basketball, and I would expect him to be all in because he has less time remaining than he has ahead of him. So, um, as I said yesterday, you got less time and whatever, you're going to appreciate it more. Absolutely. I remember the last time I put on a baseball uniform, was one year after high school I was on a team comprised of some college guys and we're in a postseason and I knew that that last inning man was going to be my last time and I just remember standing up imploring our guys to extend the game so we can get tied and maybe win it and I I remember it vividly and that was it man once I took that off I never played in a real you know I played some softball and stuff but never a real baseball game with real high school and college players. And it meant the world to me. Here, this is a man who's at the end of his career. It should mean it. And I appreciate everything he just said. His teammate Dwight Howard ruffled some feathers, questioning the need to wear a uh, face mask. They sanitize everything. We're getting tested every day. So it's not like we're around anybody that can give it to us that's in the bubble. We don't see outsiders. We don't have contact with any outsiders. I understand the whole wear a mask and all that stuff, so nobody's trying to do anything out of order. But he goes on and on. I, you know, I think for the, the people who are in the uh, uh, MLS bubble, I was just told this yesterday by somebody who's there, that um, nobody wants to be the bleep who messes it up for everybody else. They, th- this uh, desire is like, we're inside the bubble, what's the big deal? But nobody wants to be the first one to take it off and then somehow be the one who wrecks it for everything. And I think unsaid under that is the knowledge that everybody knows we got a good thing going here. You know, they missed playing, they missed getting paychecks, and now they get to play and they get to give you paychecks. Don't screw it up. Even if it seems like there's only a 1% chance you could, or even one-tenth of 1%, don't be the one who messes it up. Well, great. And then bring on college football. Bring on pro football. All you got to do is wear a mask and everything is covered. That's This is great news. This is groundbreaking news. I couldn't be happier then. Just put the mask on and we got it solved. Sweet. Well, I think the mask helps, but I think the thing Dwight <laughs> says about we're in the bubble, you know, that's the, the thing with baseball and the thing with football is that they're not in the bubble. They are out interacting. They're going to the grocery store or getting gas or, I don't know, whatever it is they're doing. Okay, but... The, Test them every day, and then you create your own moving bubble. Your own bubble doesn't have to be in one singular place, does it? As long as you're all virus-free, then you've got your own bubble right there each day. Wear the mask, and we're good. Rockets guard Russell Westbrook has traveled to Orlando. Mike D'Antoni says he's subject to a 36-hour quarantine. He'll register a couple negative tests, and then he'll be eligible to play. Probably won't go in the first scrimmage, but uh, D'Antoni's hoping he plays in the second or third scrimmage. 
So another one of the big names that people want to see showing up. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. So Gonzaga Center, Philippe Petrusev, don't even get close to that, Yak. Yeah, one bad. Yeah, I'm not going to say it a second time. That's once. Is leaving the Bulldogs program and will sign a deal to begin his pro career with a Serbian club, according to his dad, who's the WCC Player of the Year. And he's going to keep his name in the NBA draft pool. He's got until October 6th to withdraw his name. There's a lot of uncertainty with the NCAA season. Here I should be able to showcase some skills I wasn't able to at Gonzaga and improve my draft stock. So, leaving the college game. Now, you always love to go to that Dave Rose quote. They don't have just the best big man. They got the second best big man. They might have the third best big man. But, well, at least one of the big guys is gone, PK. Yeah, it's an old Jim Boylan quote, too. If they don't like it where they're at, the foreign guys, they go home. And so... Yeah. Uh, go ahead, man. Your choice. Go home. Make money. And uh, if you're good enough, you'll the NBA will find you somewhere on this planet. You don't need to be able to get Zaga to get the NBA. That's for sure. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Usually, when you get about a week out, and right now, that's exactly where we're at, start to get revved up, get excited, and there's something about this time that you know the amount of things that have to take place for that to logistically get off and get going. Something about it tells me maybe there's a chance that things get moved back. That's Sean McVay, the Rams coach, says he thinks there might be a delay with training camp. The uh, NFL and the NFL Players Association still negotiating in reports last night that the NFL has offered no preseason games. Other people saying that they offered one. They've already taken four down to two, but now to zero or one. And along your thoughts on the moving bubble, PK, Minnesota Vikings players, coaches, and other team personnel will wear a proximity tracking device upon entering the team facility for training camp to help with contact tracing efforts with COVID-19. So it'll tell you who you've been around. And I wanted to make that, you know, the sound the trucks make when they back up every time you get within six feet of each other. Beep, beep. Uh, golf beep. carts make those noises. Yeah, too. the golf cart noise. That'd be good. Well, be good. I've been pushing for PTDs for a long time now. Personal tracking devices? No, proximity tracking devices. You just say what you just said. I can't Boy, do you got to change it. I can't remember already. Well, it should D- be right in front of your face. Yeah, it is actually, though. You're right. <laughs> DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. We've been working, and in fact, my line has been I'm going to be prepared to play as scheduled, and then we're going to have to adapt to the circumstances around the virus, and that adaptation continues. I've tried to be careful and thoughtful and realistic because what I don't want to do is say something that I'm going to look at and say, wow, I wish I didn't say that. That's SEC <laughs> Commissioner Greg Sankey being careful. What? What? I mean, you could say something that you think your hero, Fauci, said masks don't do anything. And then a little while later, I've seen the clips side by side. Well, now you got to wear a mask. And he's going to throw out the first pitch in D.C. He's still a hero. So, come on, Sankey. This is the world we live in, man. You can't say anything wrong. Well, you can, depending on who you are. And then you're okay. Dwayne Wade looking at you. But uh, you can say stuff depending on who you are and it's okay if he says i think this or maybe that we're gonna hold him to it and and that's gonna be gospel 
I mean, no. every, every, nobody a, knows anything on this as yeah. far as certainties. Yeah, it's brand new. They're still learning as it goes. So I assume that somebody's going to say something, and then a month later or six months later or whatever, you're going to learn something new, and the old thing goes out the window, and the new thing is now Right. I mean, last week, Orgeron, man, we need football. We're going to need football. We're going to play. You know that deep voice that he's got that looks like it's horse. It sounds like it's horse at all times. And, of course, he got the... The usual media folk went after him. You can expect that. But, I mean, what do you expect a football coach to say? We don't need football. Let's just sit back and wait three or four years till this thing blows over. Come on. It's not who they are. doesn't make them right what they say. But, man, I would hate to have him just be completely silent because he's worried about saying something that might be wrong when we've got the leading governmental officials who say stuff and contradict themselves X amount of weeks later because they didn't know what they were talking about relative to the new information. I don't see where that's a crime. Pac-12 and Mountain West Commerce both announced they're postponing the football media days that were scheduled for next week. It will be rescheduled at an appropriate time, whatever that might be. They'd already taken from in-person to virtual, but now they're not even doing the virtual media days. Just holding off. whole bunch of questions about when are you going to practice and when are you going to play and they don't have yeah, I didn't think I didn't think that was a bad sign. I mean, it's, the only questions they would they would anything about your team would be superseded by how many games you're going to play, what team is you going to add if you add another team in the in the tenth game. The purpose of the media day is to celebrate the upcoming season, not to ask all these questions that nobody has any answers to. So yep. I didn't take it as a bad sign. I just took it that it it was something that needed to be done. The University of Texas says they anticipate hosting football games in Austin this season with. 50% capacity in the stands. They're renovating the, the Longhorn Stadium down there. It seats about 100,000. So even if you could pack it, you wouldn't be putting 100,000 in because of the renovations. But now 50% and the athletic director, Chris Del Conte, emailing season ticket holders. So Texas pushing ahead. And, of course, that's important locally, PK, because as you've been telling us for weeks, uh, BYU, there's Big 12 teams out there that had games going with the Big 10, had games set up with the Pac-12, and now they've got openings. So Big 12's got some, uh, got some BYU games in its future, assuming they play. And obviously when you're planning on 50% capacity in the stands, you're assuming you're going to play. It's an assumption. I mean, then, you know, we know about assumptions, but yeah. I think that you probably should do that because you don't want to get caught short. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to happen by any stretch, but why not plan for it? You know, the, the idea of plan for all sorts of scenarios. Yep. So you're basically you're prepared for anything. It's it's what practice is all about. You know, you go to a football practice, they're preparing for every scenario possible and just so you're not caught off guard. Yep. Run all kinds of trick plays that you may or may not ever even see in a game. Yeah. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. And here's the pitch. And there's a fly ball into left center field way back. And that one is gone. A home run. It is Mookie's turn to trot around the diamond. Mookie bets with a three-run home run for the Dodgers. Now, the things that are interesting there is... Charlie Steiner's 71. He's got some health conditions, so he's not calling games from the ballpark. He's calling games from his home. And then you heard the canned crowd noise behind him. PK, everything's changing. My head's spinning. Yeah, I watched that game. I saw Mookie go deep. He's leading off for the Dodgers playing right field. 
He's a stud player. Uh, Bellinger's over there in center, and then they're going to have a platoon in left, and they're really good. I mean, they may have some pitching issues, but uh, yeah, uh, I've watched that's two nights in a row. I've watched them. Uh, I think most of the broadcasters are doing it from home. I don't necessarily know what the ages are on them and how that works, but th- that's available. I mean, the, the uh, Bob Brenly, the old manager of the Diamondbacks when they won the World Series, he does the color commentary for uh, the Diamondbacks, and he's doing it from a, uh, the Arizona ballpark, which uh, he keeps laughing about it. He feels like uh, he's got, they show, he's got a little camera there. He's showing the monitors, and he made a joke like it's down there at NASA. You know, they got 500 monitors. He's not even sure which one to look at <laughs> going on. They did have one on Sunday. Perfume used to work at ESPN. He does the play-by-play. Mm-hmm. And there was a pickoff. And uh, all of a sudden, you see the runner running. Or maybe was, I think it might have been the ESPN game. I was watching Saturday. And the runner is clearly going to third. And... Uh, I don't know those ESPN guys' names. Uh, I've seen their faces, but I don't know their names. Uh, he starts saying, I think it's a, oh, a wild throw because the camera angle didn't have it. And so he couldn't just look over there by himself and see for himself what was going on. So, But it's clear, you know, when you see the runner, uh, all of a sudden he's not stealing a base because he's starting to round the bag, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, when he's going to second. So you could, you could put two and two together, but he literally couldn't see because the camera angle didn't have the wild throw. And then they played the replay, and you saw that it was up the first baseline, and it was a wild throw. But probably going to have some of that. It's the way it goes for now. San Francisco's Alyssa Nacken became the first woman to coach in an on-field capacity. She was the Giants' first base coach during their 6-2 win over Oakland. The gender barrier falling, falling in the first base coaching box. Yeah, Sports Illustrated had a big story on her a couple months back as far as uh, actually going to be on the field and being in uniform. So I was familiar with that story. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Kyle Goon covers the Lakers and the NBA for the Orange County Register. He is in the bubble. Former Salt Lake Tribune writer. We're going to talk with him coming up next. Riley Jensen, college football insider and recruiting expert. PKB High Schools in the Southern Section, which isn't all, but is a massive portion of Southern California. Orange County and San Bernardino and Riverside and Ventura and up the coast into San Luis Obispo, Santa Barbara. Uh, They pushed high school sports back. Until the first of the year, the fall sports will be winter and spring sports if they are played. And there is a trend. There's some uh, there's some athletes moving into the state of Utah to play, mostly at the you know five to ten schools you think they'd be playing at. Riley was telling me a little about that, and that started in anticipation of the move that the uh, CIF Southern Section made yesterday. And I wonder if it's going to accelerate here in the next week. But we can talk with Riley about that coming up at eight o'clock, and then Aaron Falk. UtahJazz.com writer also in the bubble. We'll talk with him about the jazz at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK, Kyle Goons, coming up next. Stay with us. Let's go! 
The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated. What does it mean, no COVID positives since, what was it, July 13th? That seems uh, really good news. It's a great sign. They start scrimmaging against different teams later this week, but they've been scrimmaging internally against each other. The fact that nobody tested positive at that last round is incredibly encouraging. Certainly, there could be an outside influence brought in when friends and family are allowed in, but for now, this is a good situation. What I know about these procedures, how strict they are, daily testing, you have to wear masks everywhere you go. It's almost hard to see how this can get derailed. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes Your Toast is brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. All right, PK, the news has been leaking out, and then the the dam burst yesterday. All types of uh, Devonta Henry Cole to Utah State stories out there. Our own Yach was all over it. It wasn't alone. There are lots of people chasing that story, but Yach was sprinting towards it with the zest that could not be denied. Uh, why would Devonta Henry Cole want to bail out of BYU before playing a game and go to Utah State? Why leave Provo for Logan? That is the question of the morning. Do you have theories before we get to all the snarky comments that are, are automatically going to be a part of this? Uh, he wanted to play for Utah State more than he wanted to play for BYU. Think there's more playing time there, as opposed to we had Phil Steele on, and there's seven seven backs, and uh, everybody's uh, battling. Seven backs for three quarterbacks. I love right. that, that <laughs> yes. uh, play. Seven brides for seven brothers. <laughs> well, seven for, seven running backs for three quarterbacks. For a guy who has averaged 150 yards rushing in his college career so far, he's sure getting a lot of publicity. Yes, I agree. <laughs> not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about season. Not a game. Thanks. Thanks, Alan Iverson. <laughs> not talking about a game. Talking about <laughs> Two carries for Joe Williams against UC Los Angeles. <laughs> Alex says, Gary Anderson is the king of recruiting. DJ Pollard from USC, Marcus Moore from UCLA, Taryn Adams from ASU, Nick Henninger, and Jason Shelley from Utah. Now Devontae Henry Cole from BYU. Aggies all the way. Football emoji, 100 underlined twice emoji. Okay. Yeah, I find it's funny. You know, these guys who work together for many years, now they go, uh, well, I'm going to take your guy. Well, I'm going to take your guy. I'm going <laughs> to take my guy. <laughs> All's fair in love and recruiting, I guess, huh? So we saw COC Mariner have a good year for the Aggies after uh, you know kind of being a bit player role guy at Utah, not really breaking out, but really had a good season there at Utah State. Is the gap in talent between the Mountain West and the Pac-12 big enough that can happen, or is it just he's going to go up there and he's going to run for 157 yards, and you're going to go, hey, that kind of looks like his average right there? Well, you look at a kid like COC Mariner. Uh, and there's a backstory there, but I, I really can't get into it. But nevertheless, he ends up in Logan. And so it's not that his skills are that much better in Logan versus what he had at Utah because I think it's not just him. It's just Jordan Love threw to him. So he at Utah, he wasn't the best receiver. At Utah State, he was the best receiver. So it's not just your skills. It's your skills compared to the guys on your team. 
and the defensive backs that you're going against. For whatever reason, that because probably because it was open, Jordan Love liked to throw to him. And Mariner, now I mean, he just had a good season. He had a great season. So a lot of things go into it. Uh, this kid, uh, DHC, uh, he really didn't get much of an opportunity at Utah. Whereas Mariner got an opportunity at Utah. So he played. Uh, Cole, Henry Cole, didn't play a lot. So I can't really say, oh, well, he's going to do this or that. And he's a smaller guy. Mariner wasn't a smaller guy for a receiver. I mean, he was fine. His height is fine. And he had a great season. Uh, but I can't say what this kid's going to do because I just didn't see him enough at Utah. He didn't play enough, as I said. you know, I think he averaged or he ran for over 400 yards for his whole entire career. DJ and PK, it is time now. We will get back to Devontae Henry Cole uh, in just a little while. It is time now to talk with Kyle Goon. Covers the Lakers for the Orange County Register. Of course, used to write for the Salt Lake Tribune, but now working in Southern California. And he joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Kyle, good morning. Good morning. Hey, no, keep talking about Devontae Henry Cole because you guys are still talking about football players I covered. Yeah. <laughs> That's how long the system takes. Right. It's wild. It, it, that is so weird that football players I covered their recruiting and their freshman years are still over there at Utah and BYU, or some of them are in their sophomore year. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, well, he uh, he was at Utah and he was going to go to BYU, but now it looks like he's transferring to Utah State. So, you know. Touch them, touch them all, as baseball announcers like to say. <laughs> no doubt. So no you doubt. you could touch all the NBA players. You're just walking up down the same hallways as them. It's a gigantic AAU tournament, according to LeBron James. So yeah, are the, are, are, what? <laughs> sort of. Sort of. I th- I don't think it would be uh, smiled upon if I went up and started touching everybody. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. It's probably the wrong time to do that. How how odd is it and how much is it just the new normal and people are moving around and, and ready to get on with the hoops? Look, I mean, this this whole thing is odd. Um, this whole thing is, is strange. I've talked to several people here, several people employed by the NBA who just say, I, I can't believe this has happened. And, I, I mean, I'm inclined to agree. I mean, this kind of all came together in two months. Um, it's still coming together. It should be pointed out. I mean, I was in the arena for my first Lakers practice in four months yesterday, and it was, it was just kind of weird to feel, to, to see some stuff still under construction, some signs being put up, um, you know, their, their venue that they're going to have for games is still being put up. But, um, you know, it's, it's just a really intriguing experiment, obviously, a fraught time in our country. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's interesting to be here. And there is something that, you know, it, it does feel normal. I mean, watching basketball happen live in front of me, it felt very comforting. And it felt very much like, um, you know, a little bit before all this was, was really going downhill. So we know with the Lakers, obviously they're expected to be a contender. They're going to be without Bradley and Rondo. What does that do to their ball club and rotations? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely trouble. Um, And Avery Bradley, the thing that – both of them bring something that is just truly hard to replace. And with Avery Bradley, 
It's defense. It's on-ball defense. Um, a guy who really just allowed the Lakers to play the unique style they have with LeBron at point guard and then run back. And then LeBron doesn't have to guard, you know, uh, Damian Lillard and doesn't have to guard uh, James Harden and doesn't have to guard all those really tremendous point guards in this league. Um, and that, that hurts the Lakers' ability to do that. And then Rajon Rondo, um, he's sort of the one guy on the team that can be a comparable ball handler to LeBron when LeBron is out. So, and, and so the Lakers don't really have a point guard with that kind of dishing ability. They have guys who can handle the ball. They have guys who can you know, dish off a little bit, but not anyone quite as prolific as Rajon Rondo. So it, it, it hurts them in ways that are really hard to replace. So I've read quite a bit about Kyle Kuzma, the X factor in all of this, given the guys who are missing. Is he going to shoot 30%? Is that going to improve? Can he be trusted to make open shots when everyone is, uh, is, is trying to defend the two stars and he's wide open? Uh, speaking of people you covered, the former Ute, how, how big can he come up in big moments in these playoffs? Yeah, I mean, this is kind of a, a critical time for him. And the other aspect of this is that, you know, his contract negotiations are coming up. And, and the Lakers have to decide whether they're going to offer him, him an extension. Um, sort of like, uh, you know, three years into Gordon Hayward when the Jazz said, hey, go get, go get a contract and we'll match it. And they did. But it, it's a similar situation. He's just not proven to that degree. And this year was supposed to be his big ramp up, and it hasn't really been that yet. Um, so, I mean, I think Kyle has um, an opportunity, really, because this is a whole new start to the season. It really can't, can't be compared to exactly what happened last season. And I, I'm, I'm interested to see if this is a moment where he's like, you know what, this is my chance to kind of go up, seize that role, be the third man, which the Lakers have sort of started the year thinking he was going to be and then sort of retreated a little bit and said, you know what, our third man is the open man. So it's, it's just, it, it is an opportunity for him. It's, it's not, he hasn't done, um, you know, what he wanted to so far, but it's definitely an opportunity. So when you say he hasn't done what he's wanted to, what were some of the reasons? Yeah, I mean, he's had injuries. Um, that's definitely one part of it. Um, he had an ankle issue. He had uh, stuff that kept him. Uh, he, he had the Team USA injury that um, kind of kept him out of some stuff when he was really starting to show promise for Team USA and really starting to click there. So he wasn't able to go to China and be a part of that. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it, so that kind of from there that set him off course. Um, and then you know it's just tough because. He kind of had the green light last year to do as he saw fit uh, to a degree because he was a starter, and he might have been, you know, the second best player on the team. Um, and the the Lakers were so dinged up last year, and toward the end of the year, it was kind of, you know, Kyle Kuzma show because LeBron was less inclined to to play all the games, and it, it was just kind of a a free ride. Um, so. I think going from that to being the backup to Anthony Davis is just a really tough adjustment. And, he, and the, the team is so different. There's all veterans. 
he's kind of had to find his, his fit and been clamped down a little harder for his mistakes. Kyle Goon joining us. He writes for the Orange County Register, covers the Lakers, used to write for the Salt Lake Tribune, of course. And uh, Kyle, I think we're all intrigued here. You know, the Lakers look like they're going to be the one seed. They got a pretty comfortable margin over the Clippers. But in the head-to-head games, it's the Clippers who looked a little more comfortable than the Lakers. How do you handicap that, assuming those two get to the Western Conference Final? And I guess, do you believe also they're actually going to meet in the Western Final? Um, I think there's a pretty good chance. Um, and because if you look at the field, I, I don't know that there's two, there, there's a, there's teams that can truly challenge them. Um, I, I kind of want to see that proven. And, you know, the number, the other team that's sort of in that echelon right now is Denver and they've been beat up by coronavirus. And unfortunately those things are going to happen uh, in this restart, right? I mean, it's just total unpredictability total just not sure how all this is going to work and things like that are going to happen guys are going to miss games because of um you know health reasons and it's going to be disappointing but it's going to happen so i you know denver has been beaten up as much by coronavirus as anybody nikola Jokic couldn't get over here from serbia initially and um you know they don't have all their guys at practice so and and even though the Clippers, I think, are missing some guys. I mean, the Lakers have everyone except Marquise Morris. Their two stars are here, and they're healthy. And, and the Clippers, maybe, too, most importantly, their stars are healthy. So I, I don't really see when those guys are healthy and the way the rest of the league is kind of ailing right now or just hasn't looked impressive enough. I, I don't really see how um, those, those two teams get toppled before the Western Conference Finals. LeBron has been very much vocal as far as social activism. What do you expect him to do in Orlando? Um, you know, it, it's interesting because LeBron has this degree of power that he can exercise it in a different way. And, I mean, you see stuff coming up on social media for him. Um, I don't know if he talks so much about case-by-case. Case. I mean, we've had a lot of players talking about Brianna Taylor this week, um, including... Uh, Dwight Howard, Jeremy Grant, um, I believe, um, was it Fred Van Vliet yesterday, but somebody was doing it yesterday. Um, you know, I think that LeBron, the way he exercises is with money. And he started more than a vote, um, which is a, a, a campaign to kind of uh, uh, influence uh, voter right, voting rights laws. And it's a little more surgical than, um, you know, wearing a shirt or um, saying something in a press conference. And I think that is the way that LeBron influences change. And that's kind of based off of eight years of, of trying to do this since Trayvon Martin. And you remember the Heat um, appearing in that picture with, with them in hoodies. I mean, that's where it started. And LeBron has been at this a long time and has become more sophisticated in the way that he wants to influence these changes. I was half messing with you on social media, but I also was half serious. There's a lot of talk about um, free agents making a super team there. 
Do you think that's going to happen? Is there going to be recruiting? Everybody's going to look at LeBron and the Lakers first, but they certainly wouldn't be the only one. <laughs> wouldn't be the only ones. It was a question for your mailbag. You may not have seen it, but who's who's uh, LeBron? Oh, I saw. Yeah, who's LeBron recruiting saw, the heaviest? I felt the messing. I felt the messing <laughs> happening, DJ. I know you. you. You forget this. I'm not just. I, I didn't just get on this phone call and meet you for the first time, buddy. <laughs> uh, um, but look, I mean, everybody because of um, the Heatles. Everybody wants to talk about LeBron recruiting. I mean, the guy's going to turn 36 this year. Like, who's he recruiting? What, what everybody should be thinking about is that next generation. I mean, and, and to be honest, DJ, with, with things that have going on with, with Donovan and Rudy, um, however, you know, maybe some of that is, is put aside. Maybe some of it is not. But... They, they, people should be concerned about that, don't you think? I mean, they already are. Don't worry. They, league. they have been for I mean, a couple Donovan of years. And, and Kyle Kuzma are very close. Um, Don, Donovan is close with other young stars in this league. I mean, to me, that's kind of the scenario where you're saying, okay, is there something where this unique environment contributes to guys like that in that generation? figuring out a different situation for themselves. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's, this stuff isn't rocket science. And sometimes when it looks like something, it is something, right? I mean, it's, it's, a, guy, it's a chance for a lot of these guys to pal around. Some of these guys are going to be here for months. And I think it will change a little bit when teams are competing. But, I mean, this, this, this exists, right? I mean, these guys are stuck here. And they, don't, they can't bring in outsiders. And they're going to socialize with each other. So it could bring teams close together. I mean, for all I know, maybe, um, you know, Rudy and, and Donovan fish every day this month and decide they're best friends. I don't know. But, that, I mean, that, the LeBron generation is not the generation to watch in terms of is the next super team coming from that, that end. It's, it's, I mean, all of the LeBron's friends are retired or, or near there, except Chris Paul, who – somehow had an amazing season this year but it's 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 the next generation he's kyle goon and he's got to go to practice so we're going to let him go kyle thanks for a few minutes we appreciate it hey thanks for having me guys kyle goon writes for the orange county register covers the lakers and he is in the bubble the next generation playing ping pong together who knows what they're talking about pk uh, yeah, I don't know. I agree with you. Who knows what they're talking about and who knows what's going to happen. Uh, it's something that I think that for me, you know, I don't want to see too much of it, although uh, you know, I certainly watched it all. So I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. Oh, I don't want to see that super team in Oakland, but yet I watched all their games. So <laughs> they brought me to the television set, that's for sure. So I would like to see, you know, guys stay where they're at. And man, if you could win a title in Salt Lake City, I believe that's worth five compared to winning one in Los Angeles. Who can't win one in Los Angeles? You know, that's why LeBron, if he gets this, I'm not going to put an asterisk by it in terms of the competition. It's going to be an asterisk because of the funkiness of the season. But the competition is the competition, and these guys are going to go at it, and that doesn't really change. But stepping back, say if he won last year or won next year, I think winning, winning in Los Angeles, whoop-de-doo. Who hasn't won in Los Angeles? So I would like to see guys 
stay where they're at and try to do it. And then we'll see what Antetokounmpo comes up with because he's the next great superstar who's going to be uh, a free agent and is going to be able to control what he wants to do. You know, at least Leonard, he went to the Clippers. It seems like that's different than the Lakers. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. In NBA history, it's very different. You know, you got to give credit to uh, Chris Paul and to Blake Griffin and to Doc Rivers because they changed the narrative. The Clippers had been a joke. They had been a disaster. You know, Larry Brown went in there, got him in the playoffs a couple times. But those, those were blips. Uh, Bill Fitch, but that was with a losing record. And it's just 30, 40 years of nothing. So they finally got respectability. They became a playoff team. Now Kawhi Leonard's going to go there and, and try to make them. Well, he's made them a, a title contender, and I don't think they were that under Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. But now, you know, can he make them a champion? So, yeah, that's different. It's different. Doing it with the Clippers is different than the Lakers. Yeah, and if Mitchell and Gobert could ever find a way to do it here, as crazy it would sound, they would be revered more than the statues, which is an unbelievable statement. But if you won more, you should be revered more. And I think we're getting enough separation that there would be a generation for whom the statues, you know, this – it's not going to resonate the same way. You know, they didn't, even if they remember the end of it, they didn't live, you know, the entirety of it. Yeah, but I think that in this being a small market that they'll always be revered at an extremely high level and you don't yep. have to uh, have experienced it firsthand to know what it's all about. That's for sure. I mean, I didn't experience any of John Wooden's spiels but, uh, and all of his titles, but I know what he's about and I understand the greatness that was that program for many years, and I've read so many books on it and all that stuff. Now, with that in mind, let's also say that these two have gotten nowhere near where the statues went. Right. But that is the hope, that they stay yes. together and they, they get right where the statues went and, and then win it. For sure. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. we got to continue the Devontae Henry Cole conversation. we got a lot of people on uh, Facebook uh, talking about that. And if you just joined us during the Kyle Goon interview, well, then you don't know anything, know anything about what we were talking about. So we'll get to that next. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. There are a couple of reasons that I didn't become a doctor. Same reasons you what, didn't what? become a paleontologist. Why do you crack a smile and well, then make just, a joke? I'm just saying like, yeah, there's a couple of reasons I wasn't a lawyer. Number one, the LSAT scared me. Number two, I thought I'd fail miserably. And number three, I didn't think I was smart enough. So yeah, there are just a couple of reasons why I didn't become a lawyer. Can I make a point without you attacking me? I'm not attacking you. Like you've never talked about wanting to be a doctor before. To me, this seems like you were just right on the cusp of going to medical school and then just these one or two little things came up and made you think, no, I'm not going to do that. Doctor. 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 Can you not attack me? You know, it bugs me when you do that. Doctor. 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 Stop playing that. And doctor. Well, we miss anyone? Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. With a little extra time on your hands, it's time to talk about what we're doing to kill time. What did you watch last night with DJ and PK on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network? Too much time on my hands. Too much time on my Plumbing, heating, and electrical. Spring into action now. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call action today at 801-833-3333. 
That's 801-833-3333. You see anything uh, more interesting on TV last night than Devontae Henry Cole switching schools? Oh, again. I didn't see that on television, but, uh, yeah, I was. I watched baseball. I watched the uh, Padres were on. And Get a hit. Holy cow. It's... Oh, I know. You, Shut out on six hits, I, I, PK. For the life of me, why are you a fan? You just badmouth them all the time. Well, they're it's, having they're having a run of losing seasons that really is quite spectacular. Then don't be a fan. Well, I've definitely <laughs> dialed it back, as you know, but I, I follow the beat writer, Kevin Acey, on Twitter, and uh, he's tweeting out stuff, and you check the comments and the reaction. is just people lighting them up. They still can't hit, which, you know, one game, but... Yeah, and I watch the uh, Dodgers and D-backs. And then I turn on the NBA television, and they had a, a roundtable going on. That one lady who used to do the ESPN was moderating it, uh, African-American woman. She would come on right around 10 o'clock. Her name's Carrie something. Uh, she was in she had Dwayne Wade, Charles Barkley, and uh, if I remember correctly, I think it was Draymond Green was on there. And Dwayne Wade was talking about how he he was trying to explain away his tweet for Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon, uh, a very uh, anti-Semitic conspiracy theories that he had said in a podcast. And then Dwayne Wade tweeted at Cannon, we are with you, keep leading. And he tried to explain away that. But at the same time, he deleted the tweet two hours later after saying it so you know he wanted to to say that he was clarifying his tweet and he basically you know wanted to say as i took it um give this man an opportunity to grow from his mistakes which i'm all for but i wanted that across the board not so sure jerry reynolds would agree that it's across the board learn from your mistakes but Guess it depends on who you are and, and what you're saying and what the reaction is. Did you mean Grant Napier? Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. My, my mistake. Yeah. Sacramento Kings announcer Jerry Reynolds was his longtime partner, although Jerry left the broadcast a couple of years ago. But Grant just lost his, his radio job and his play-by-play job. I would like the, uh, if possible, mercy to be expended to everyone. Second chances for more people as long as they really grasp them. Yeah, and I don't know what's in anybody's heart. You know, and yeah. the thing is, Morgan Scally, you know, I've heard people be very uh, cynical yes. relating yes. to Morgan Scally. And that's what I thought of. I'm all for it, man. I want to give everybody a second chance. You know, I can't get into what's in their hearts. And I'm not looking to nail Dwayne Wade to the wall because that would be ridiculous. Uh I just want it extended. I would like to be, sometimes things are out there and people go nuts over it and we want to bury folks. Other folks say stuff or tweet stuff in the world that we live in today and they're allowed to explain it and they don't really receive the blowback that others do. I would like everybody to to get benevolence. You know, Morgan Scalia says, I thought about that. You know, what do we do as far as opportunities to let people grow it seemed to me Morgan Scali was sincere in his uh, apologies when I listened to him speak 
But we, we see this happen mostly with celebrities, and you know, you can't you can't follow everything as closely as you follow some things. And obviously, Utah football is here, so we have a little more knowledge. I don't know if you're into entertainment, how much you follow Nick Cannon. I don't know his backstory. Uh, you know, Dwayne Wade's back into sports, so we follow him a little more. So sometimes when you say, hey, give this person, whoever it is, a second chance, but then you read the backstory, and you're like, well, they're already on their fourth or fifth chance here. Um, and so I think, maybe that, so I think that factors into it. And, and you're right. It's, you're dealing with these celebrities and maybe you, you know them on some level, but there's all kind of levels you don't know. And I think that's why, you know, to use Morgan as a recent example, you hire an outside firm to dig into it and see, okay, I, you know, I know them on one level, but is there other stuff I don't know? You know, I, I told you when they were doing that with Morgan, great for the second chance, but they have to make sure they're they're not surprised that, you know, if, if there's emails out there, they need to read them, you know, uh, access to the phone, talk to a lot of players so that you, you know the whole backstory. Um, it's it's hard to weigh in on all of these because I just I just know I don't know Nick Cannon's backstory. Well, yeah, you but know? you don't know Morgan Skelly's backstory. I mean, you're not going to know it right. to the degree that you, you, you won't. So they never weigh in on anything because you never know anybody's complete entire backstory. I think that the overall arching thing is that, you know, second chances are good. Uh, you, you may not need this second chance in this exact type situation, but you're going to need a second chance in another type of situation. Nobody, nobody's perfect. Everybody's screwing something up. And it may not be this and it may not be that, but it's, it's sure to be something. So I, I think the second chances, you know, are, are good. Explaining, uh, I'm interested that Dwayne was explaining it away. I don't know. How you explain that away? Well, exactly. he, he had a tweet that he put out there. I want to clarify my now deleted tweet, yeah. and I'm obviously reading it. I was not supporting or condoning what Nick Cannon specifically said, but I expressed my support of him owning the content and the brand he helped create. Reasonable enough, but it it's just that he gets that opportunity to clarify his deleted tweet. So he deleted it on his own. Yeah. Knowing that, wait a second here. Now somebody else, they don't. They you can delete it all you want, but you're going to be nailed to the wall because there's a screenshot of it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, depending on who you are and where your politics are, do you get an opportunity to explain yourself like Dwayne Wade did? DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 12.80 The Zone. Riley Jensen coming up. Southern Southern California football has been delayed until at least January 1st. Players coming in from out of state to local schools looking for an opportunity to play. Riley will tell you all about it next. Stay with us.